always nervous when we start this. I don't she know is. why. She is. It's Every because, time. It's because it's just a conversation. I know. I know. I know. This is Tina. Hi, Jen. How Hello. are you? I haven't I'm seen you in, I don't know, a week. A at week? Least. Yeah. You just got off a plane. Oh, goodness. Yeah. My other arms are tired. Had to do it. Had to do it. You don't even know what that is. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you. Your arms are tired. What does that mean? It's a joke from Flying. Oh, oh. Who like, did what? it? It was like Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> or somebody <laughs> really old, yeah. which means stop I'm really it. old. Stop, That's what it means. Stop, stop, yeah. Stop. Experience is the word. Yeah. Not oh. old. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're having an awesome day today. We're bringing in our first um, interview. E. Um, professional professional mm-hmm. um, super excited about this because for those listening we have been sharing ex- our experiences with everyone and we wanted to start bringing in professionals to speak on some of the topics and some of our things that we've dealt with through divorce um and co-parenting which is super fun and um so we're here today with anita Britton, who is you know, if you don't know any Britain, like she said, you, something's wrong with you, right? <laughs> how, okay, tell us two things I want to know. Where are you from originally, and how long have you been a lawyer in Lexington? Because it's been a while. Yeah, a long while. Yeah. Uh, probably longer than either of you have been alive. Um, I don't know. I was born and raised in Woodford County. Oh, okay. For and, sales. Um, I live there again now uh-huh. and have for the last 16 years. And I joined the bar in 1982, and I've been practicing in my entire career in Lexington. That's not older than I've been alive, though. I'll just say, 39 years. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I've been alive either. Yeah. <laughs> we just look so good for our age. There you go. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. 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 Uh, great. And so, tell us, what type of law do you practice now? I've always well, I had a say, family yeah, law like, practice. What, what is, yeah, well, always. I, started, I spent 28 and a half years at um, what was originally Stahl, Keenan and Park, uh-huh. became oh, yeah. Stahl, Keenan Ogden yes. while I was still with the firm, and that uh-huh. is the firm configuration today. And after 28 and a half years, there were wow. two of my partners and myself decided that the sisters needed to get out and go do it for themselves. <laughs> That's and awesome. And so we, we did. Yeah. And in 2011, we opened this farm. And I've been here ever since. That's so fantastic. I've always done family law. I mean, I, like every other young associate in a large law firm, you cut your teeth on corporate work, mm-hmm. insurance work, mm-hmm. bank work. In those days, coal work. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But from the get-go, I had um, male mentors who really did not want to do family law. Interesting. But had to do some family law. Because if you sent your family law, your good corporate clients down the street to have their family law work done, the chances might be that they weren't going to come back because they could get the other services that they needed there as well. So the firm always provided those services, Mm -hmm. but I not only didn't mind to do it, I wanted to do it and embraced it and it became my practice. And that was what helped me become a partner mm-hmm. in that firm I was because I had developed a practice that mm-hmm. belonged to me. And um, so I've always done it. I've done a lot of other things, but mm-hmm. I've always done family law. It's, um, you know, I, again, I, I know we both know a lot of people who've gotten divorced, including ourselves. And I just think it's one of those situations because it's, in my opinion, so highly emotionally charged 
that it's incredibly helpful to have somebody who actually cares about what they're doing to help navigate through the situation of breaking mm-hmm. the marital contract because it's a contract, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a legal contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in it, it doesn't feel like a contract. It feels no. a little more emotional. Yeah. yeah. Well, even like, when you're in it, it's emotional. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people always ask, me, you know, is this, mar- is, is this marital property or non-marital property? It's, well, it's neither one until you're going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it very much is, you know, the the the, the breaking and, and finding the remedies from a contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it would make it easier if we could see it that way rather than um, the breaking up of a family, mm-hmm. which is harder emotionally. So I have so many questions. Well, and we both, you know, for those listening to Tina and I come from, you know, to remind our viewers, we come from very different backgrounds of Mm -hmm. divorce, uh, which I think we need to keep reminding people about this podcast because Mm -hmm. that also gives you a great place, starting point to kind of fill our viewers in because everyone listening is probably coming from very different spots of divorce. So I was married like maybe 11 years ish. (laughs) Don't remember. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) um, And now I've been divorced about the same amount of time as I was married, but I got divorced with two very, very small children. They were three and one. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to navigate these shark infested waters, <laughs> um, which they are. I mean, it's just call it what it is. It's not easy. I don't care if mm-hmm. people say, oh, we settled, a, we settled out of court. Great. Good for you. We settled the mediation. Good for you. Tell me, though, that even after you settled out of mediation with little kids, that you haven't had problems dealing with co-parenting and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me you haven't been back in mediation over something. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to us a little bit. And then Tina, back to our backgrounds, yeah. Tina was My married so different. for over 20, 20 years and yeah. has almost, adult children. Almost 30 years, actually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think we've talked, you've had a different experience yeah, I have more no dealing contact. with your kids yeah i have no contact children. with uh with my ex-spouse um which is you know i feel very blessed that that's my situation <laughs> mm-hmm. that i don't have any contact um we we have no reason because the kids were grown right, right. to really be in contact so how old are your children so i have a son who will be 34 in about six weeks mm-hmm. um my younger son is 30 and my daughter's 28 so they were, you know, 22, 24, and 30. No, that's not right. It's been six years. So somebody do the math for me, yeah. you know. Because <laughs> it, it, honestly, and I don't want um, throwing cold water on you situation. Yeah, no. But, you know, the, 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 I tell people all the time, you, you're never done until yeah. everybody's dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, so seriously, true. until, until so the you know, parties, I've had all that the children, so many times, everybody's like, dead. That is so true because <laughs> mine are only 16 and 13 right now. And uh-huh. Everybody keeps saying, oh, you'll be fine when they turn 18. No, 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 it really does. If we've been dealing with this for 11 years, uh-huh. I can't, there's not going to be a magic wand that just waves, it waves itself at 18 and yeah. my ex is going to leave us all alone. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, because, you know, people get, their children get married, you right. got to deal with that, or, mm-hmm. or they have crises, or, you know, it, yeah. just because they, they turn 18 doesn't mean that that core family unit just disappears right. and there's nothing. Well, then you have to figure out how to, to navigate all that. It's just not a legal matter at that right. point. That's exactly. Right, exactly. So, well, right. Yeah. We've So we've had some questions that have come in from people that um, know that we're, we've launched this podcast, um, and some things like, Talk to us about the whole blackballing situation. So we've had some women say, well, I'm not allowed to use this attorney because he met with this attorney. So tell us, 
take us through that scenario. Like if people are getting, like if they're getting ready to hire an attorney, they've said that, you know, how does that work? Well, I can only tell you how it works for me. Correct. Okay. What we do is, is and, and virtually 100% of the folks who come to talk to me about hiring me come mm-hmm. on the strength of someone having suggested that they do mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we were just having this conversation at, at lunch, and I know y'all are both very social media sophisticated as mm-hmm. well as you know, just generally cyber more sophisticated than I will ever be. But the truth of the matter is people don't find me online. No. People right. go and find out about me once they already have the mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. Um, but their 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 friend, their mother, they know a, a judge. Somebody told them you need to, to call Anita Britt. Yeah. So they do. And I do. My, I take my own phone calls. I don't have anybody screen my calls for me because I'm better at knowing who I feel like I can help right. and who I can't. Mm-hmm. But I tell folks when they call me that I always do an initial interview. I want to see what their issues are apt to be. Mm-hmm. I want to see whether or not I think I'm a good fit for their issues. Mm-hmm. And they need to have some opportunity to see whether or not they want me to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. And if we feel pretty good about each other at the conclusion of that conversation, then I give them some additional pieces of information about things they need to collect, do, pull together. We talk about mm-hmm. retainers, hourly rates. That was rates, my first question. All of those things What do people time. need to put together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we talk about all of those things at, at the end of that conversation if we feel like there's any possibility that we want to work together. Mm-hmm. It's um, another marriage. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Don't, uh, I don't charge for my initial interviews to the great chagrin of some nice. of my colleagues Those because, yeah, yeah, they think that uh, you ought to you know, charge people. I don't believe you ought to charge people that you don't represent. Right. I, I, I teach young lawyers at the New Lawyers Program, and I always say, if somebody crosses that palm with silver, whether you take them on as a client or not, they have some realistic expectation that mm-hmm. they bought a little piece of you. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't yeah. charge people, and I don't let them pay me for an initial interview. Now, here here's Anita's rule. If I talk to you um, and I do an interview with you, and then, you know, you go on down the road of life and I don't hear from you again. And I get a call from your estranged spouse. I will not interview him. Mm. Um, that's Anita's rule. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a hard and fast conflict of interest. But I do get some information from an individual right. that I treat mm-hmm. with confidence right. uh, when I interview them. And uh, I don't. I don't feel good then about, you know, I've had situations where it's been two, three years down the road. Right, right. And they went elsewhere. The person I interviewed went elsewhere. And mm-hmm. the spouse, uh, gets, uh, you know, life's too short. Yeah. I, I don't need to go down that road. So that's the way we start. And mm-hmm. that's the way we try to bring people in. And during COVID, I've been doing them by telephone, which yeah. I don't really like. Right. Yeah. Um, really but, hard. you know, traditionally we've done them in the office face to face because it always helps you think of that other question that right. you really should have asked and wanted to ask yeah. about, you know, okay, really do follow up on this with me, you know, right. a little bit. So right. I did is, the same so thing. I actually, um, the first time I was serious about getting a divorce was actually, I was going to say seven years prior to getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and so I went to see somebody that I knew 
um, just to ask, you know, first of all, who do I go to? He, he did not practice. Um, he did not do divorce law or divorces. Well, he didn't do that. Um, but he gave me some information. He said, here's some things that you need to start thinking about doing. And so that information was helpful. Um, and then, you know, when I actually decided this is going to happen, I had, you know, all those ducks kind of maybe in a row. So tell us a little bit about that as far as, you know, if if a listener is not yet ready to get divorced, but they're kind of thinking this is going to happen at some point. And before you answer that, <laughs> that was her perspective. My ex-husband came to me and said, we're sharing an attorney. Oh, yeah, that's not a good idea. I don't think. Luckily, I was educated enough to know that that was probably not in my best interest. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell Based you. off my situation. You know, I did. I mentioned a moment ago that I teach young lawyers. Mm-hmm. And, and at different points in time, I've taught the ethics part of the mm-hmm. new lawyer's training. And I teach it always from a family law perspective because mm-hmm. that's what I know the most about. Right. And I make a big deal of literally getting down on my knees and begging young lawyers not to try to represent both sides. Right. Amen. Because yeah. Yeah, here's what happens. Okay, so you come and you hire me to represent both of yeah. you. And you say, we've agreed that he's going to see the children every Tuesday and Thursday and then every other weekend. And then we come in to sit down and sign off on the papers. And he says, no, no, I'm Monday, Wednesday. You're Tuesday, Thursday. At that moment, I got to get out. Yeah. Right. Because I can't mediate that for you guys. I mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. I can't take one side or the other. I don't get to choose up which one. I, well, I really didn't right. like you the best. So I'm going to represent you and right. we'll right. throw him out of the office. <laughs> no, no. That's not the way that works. Right. So now, instead of having hired one lawyer, you will have hired three and reckon who's fixing to get the malpractice suit. Mm-hmm. Right. So. No, that's never a good idea. No. That is never and, a good idea. And, you know, we do, we've, we already have started to get a number of, you know, questions coming in. Cause again, we're Switzerland, right? We're just, we are not professionals. That's why we're talking with you today. But people sometimes are more comfortable coming to Switzerland sure. and asking questions mm-hmm. about their it. concerns. And then it's our job to find people like you that we've already known that you are an expert in these situations to give that type of advice. Because I think sometimes, and, and you know, and I'm not picking on men or anything. This divorce podcast that we have here is not a male bashing session by any means. Right. Uh, we want to constantly remind people of that too. However, reality is reality. And yeah, typically a lot of women, men, so. right, right. We did. We both divorced <laughs> men, but we're not man haters here. We're not, that's not our point. Our goal is again, just to help guide you through these uncharted waters here. But we do have a lot of women that feel, you know, traditionally it's the woman that feels very intimidated by the situation. Yeah. You know, maybe she's put her career on hold to have children and now she's, you know, mm-hmm. being told, here's what we have to do. Well, she kind of feels intimidated because maybe she hasn't been in the workforce and she's already, her, you know, her confidence is kind of, so she thinks, okay, well, I guess we're supposed to have the same attorney. So it's wonderful to hear you say that that's probably not in your best interest. And, and I will say in my situation, I hired the lawyer. I hired a lawyer Mm -hmm. and my ex-husband decided he didn't want to hire a lawyer. And so he would contact her and say, well, this is what I want. This is what I want. And she was like, well, here's the deal. I represent your wife, Mm -hmm. not you. 
And then he would text me and I would just copy and paste it and send it to her and say, this is why I'm paying her. So I want her to deal with his issues. Um, and so uh, that I felt like so that he worked had really, he didn't No, I, cause he wanted me to pay for it. So I did, but I was happy to pay for it cause I wanted out. So anyway, Make, all that to say, slapping her in the head. <laughs> all that to say, I, I didn't care. I wanted out. <laughs> no, I, I know. Out. Sometimes you just have, you know, really and truly the hell of it is you can't make people go hire a lawyer. No, 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 um, no matter how. And, and believe me, when I tell you the scourge of a good lawyer's existence is having to deal with the unrepresented individual on the other side. That's right. That's all I want. Can you repeat that? Say that again? Yeah. Yeah. The scourge of a good lawyer's mm-hmm. existence is to have to deal with an unrepresented person. On the other side, mm-hmm. because by law, they are held to the same rules as an attorney would be. But you can bet they don't know them. That's right. <laughs> and so you're constantly trying to come up with workarounds that mm-hmm. will not violate your duty to your own client, mm-hmm. but yet help them achieve their goal mm-hmm. of getting out mm-hmm. of the situation and it, it's a really tough line and to I, walk. And I trusted her to to do that, deal with him. That's why I felt like I was paying her. That's, you know, or she could have just told him, look, you got to go find somebody else, whatever. But it was, it put that buffer in there for me to not have to deal with whatever else. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I want to circle back and go to the question that I had asked about how should somebody start thinking about what do they need to be prepared for to answer questions in a first interview situation? Like what do they need to start thinking about putting together, pulling together? Well, the Anita version of the first interview is kind of a a no stress situation because I start everyone exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. Somebody has come in and make yourself at home. It's very nice office in here if you haven't been up here. Yes. <laughs> Sit down really and nice. tell me a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. Um, help me understand uh, what your story is, and that will help me understand if mm-hmm. I'm able to help you. Mm-hmm. And people, some people will just launch in. Yeah. And some folks will look at you like, well, what do you mean? And, <laughs> and so then my next cue is, well, how long have you been married? 19 years. Well, yeah. take me back 20 right before you got married and tell me what the lay of the land was then. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you going to school? Were you working? You know, what were each of you doing mm-hmm. in life vis-a-vis mm-hmm. the other? And then bring me forward on your timeline and tell me, think, dot that timeline with things that are, that are important to you, whether that's the birth of a child, somebody died and left you money, you had a Change of career path. You put him through school. Yeah, those kinds of those kinds of things that are significant <laughs> to you, because whether or not they're legally significant, yeah, I want to know what the story. Yeah, where are we right. coming from? Is. Here, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I don't want to be. That's your opportunity to have an hour of my time at on my dime, right? With my undivided attention. So mm-hmm. you don't want me reading tax returns or looking at lists. Yeah, right. That that will come on down the road mm-hmm. if we decide to work with one another. But mm-hmm. I really want to hear a person's narrative of mm-hmm. their chronology, as I call it. Yeah. Yeah. So that I can pick out issues. Because by the time I get finished hearing that chronology, I will know if, if I have property issues, 
I'll know if I have a spousal maintenance issue. Mm -hmm. I will know if I have child-related issues. Mm -hmm. There's no sense in my taking my time telling people who don't have children about the child-related issues. Right. So I need to know those things so that I can then share, well, this is what the statute says about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you come out. I don't know where you land. Mm -hmm. But clearly, based on the the information you shared with me, this is an issue. Mm -hmm. Gary, I mean, I just... I really respect what you guys do because I mean, it, I can't imagine. Think about it. You know, it's like almost being like an ER doctor because you hear all this stuff. You've got to take it home at night sometimes, right? Like hearing all these stories. I mean, it's got to be really hard sometimes to, because I mean, every situation. So like you said, it's so emotional. You become so close to your clients. Um, cause I'm sure like we all know we all have friends where some divorce cases have lasted mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. and ever. And, you know, and it's, you really have to, and, you know, and I've got, had some friends in the past and some people I know, some people I don't know that say, well, should I really tell them that? I'm like, you got to tell them everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't do my best work with my pantyhose down around my ankles. I mean, I, <laughs> I really, I need, to, it, it, if I know something's coming at me. Yeah, I can like can prepare for how I'm going to deal right. with that. Yeah. If I don't know that it's coming at me, the chances are pretty good I'm going to be giving a side eye to my right. client like, hey, because why I didn't you, give me a heads up. You didn't yeah. think that was important for me to know. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And there's there is a little. I mean, I think that sometimes you know I've had friends and clients and colleagues and everybody say that there's times that sharing some of those details is hard, but it's like you have to. Yeah, That's what I, they're I doing that. their job for, though, yeah, you know, because you're not going to do yourself any justice or your well, attorney. And, 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 you know, I think most attorneys have enough sense to be able to tell you that sort of information is not for me. I'm a terribly expensive therapist. Yeah. Find someone, well, right. find someone who can, can help you. Right. Resolve right. those issues. Yeah. That's not an issue for me. Right. But that doesn't mean you ought not tell me. Right. And That's interesting because That's a good point um, so too. this is so this is so helpful because of course I'm reflecting back on my experience. I basically walked in. I said, "Here's a piece of paper. This is what I want to take out of the house. Um, I don't want any. I don't want anything from him. I, don't, I want nothing. I just this is what I want." And but I did not tell my narrative. I didn't think it was important. I just wanted out. That and was my that whole thing. Was a narrative. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't tell the narrative. I'll tell you one thing that I was told again. This was many years before I got divorced. Um, I was I was at a family reunion. And my cousin said, oh, in the state of Kentucky, you can get divorced in 90 days. And I went, what? What? She's like, yeah, it's a no fault state. You can get out in 90 days. And again, that's stuck in my head. Like, wow, is it really that simple? If you don't have any shared custody issues and if there's nothing contested, you can just be done. And so that stuck with me for many, many years. And um, that was another reason why I wanted it, my situation to be as, as clean and quick as possible. You know, and I look back on it, I think, well, there's probably a couple things I think I may have made a mistake on, but in the end, I did get what I wanted as far as I got it. It was quick. And it was relatively painless in the process of it. Um, you know, the emotional aspect of it took a little longer, but but the paperwork was easy. And I appreciated that because, again, as I said before, it's an emotional situation to begin with. 
So, um, yeah, it was almost was a little bit like buying a house, just going to sign a bunch of papers, <laughs> sign, 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 yeah, sign. You know, I guess my, my reaction to that from, from my chair is you got what you wanted. You'll never know if you got what you were entitled to. That's exactly right. Um, and that's and, the part and, I and, question. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, and the reason I say it that way is I frequently have to, to sit with a client and say, I, I love math. I'm really good at it. I have a I have a calculator over there with the tape on it because I'm really old school and I love to run the numbers. But some days you have to sit down and figure out what is the price of my freedom. That was and that was what I did. That's and, exactly and right. And this individual on the other side is not going to take what I think their outside entitlement mm-hmm. looks like. So mm-hmm. you've got to tell me whether or not you're willing the price of your freedom mm-hmm. exceeds that number. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, you know, that so you just get down to that yeah. sometimes. You yeah. know, now, you know, most most of our cases, quite frankly, you know, I've got a associate over here who mm-hmm. does spreadsheets out the wazoo and mm-hmm. is a math whiz and loves it. Yep. But you know, some days you gotta take that piece of paper and right. because that's yeah. not what it's gonna take to, to yeah. get the case set. I, I that's very interesting and that's exactly what in my, like I said, in my situation, it was, what was the price of my freedom? And I made it pretty simple. I wanted, I wanted freedom and I got what I, you know, financially, I got exactly what I wanted. I got exactly what I asked for. Uh, I probably could have gotten more, but it, but like you said, for me, I was like, you know, a couple thousand dollars more is not really going to be worth it. Right. And um, so I just was like, I'm done. I think it probably has a lot to do with the fact that I, I cut my teeth on business work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But every case I look at day one from a cost benefit analysis, mm-hmm. yes, I can go get this for you, mm-hmm. but is it going to be worth mm-hmm. what it's going to cost you for me to achieve that goal? That's also a good and, point. And, you know, most people, yeah. are not able to distance themselves from their goals sufficiently yeah. to engage in that cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, right. And so that I take that very much as my job mm-hmm. to say, you know, look, I, I love to work. I love to get paid. And it's your money, not mine. I mean, you know, <laughs> give me give me 25K, I'll go to Las Vegas and have a big time. That's you know? right. Um, or I can try to get you close to where you need to be. Right. And not eat up your money on, mm-hmm. in fees in the meantime. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're we're blessed around here in that we have a whole lot of work to do. And mm-hmm. I don't need to make a living on any one person's back. So from right. a practical standpoint. Which is good and bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's right? like, oh, my God. So from a practical standpoint, you've decided or the person has decided they want to work with you. You guys are going to go down this road together. What happens next? Kind of walk us through the process well, for I those people a, listening. I require a data packet, mm-hmm. and I think most everybody does. Mm-hmm. Some some form or version of sure. a, a data packet, which is is used to collect beyond just real basic mm-hmm. information about the persons whom we represent. And when we get ours back, we can mm-hmm. put it to three really essential purposes. The first being to get your file opened up. Mm-hmm. Make you part of our process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it tells me, you know, Nita, I don't sit and stare at a computer all day, so call me if you need me. Or I do sit and stare at a computer, so send me an email and I'll step to the phone. Those kinds of basic communication pieces. Right. Um, 
it also tells me where to send your bill, something near and dear to my heart. <laughs> but it gives me those those sort of name, rank, and serial number pieces of information that I need to be able to get your file opened up and make you sure. part of our process. Sure. As you all both know, the very first thing that goes to the courthouse is called a petition. Mm-hmm. That's our initiating document. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not the one who files the petition, you're in the responding mode mm-hmm. in either event. Our data packet gives us everything that we need to prepare that for you. Mm-hmm. And certainly within your all's memory, we would have had our family court rules of practice and procedure in play. And those rules have as a requirement that we prepare and exchange what we call preliminary verified disclosure statements. Now, Mm -hmm. that's a much more detailed kind of document. Mm -hmm. But again, in in many cases, I I used to say most, not sure it's really even most anymore, but it, it is a great jumping off point for us to be able to put that disclosure statement together in something that's way past a rough draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's going to be getting substantial by the time the client has to start helping us work on it again. Mm-hmm. And we get all of that from our data packet. Mm-hmm. So we, we ask you to fill that out and get it back. And when you do, to accompany it with my retainer fee. And that way I'll know you're serious. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. then we get the file opened up. We generate an engagement letter that sets forth what the terms of the engagement are. Mm-hmm. And ask our clients to sign off on one and get it back to us. And we have those three pieces together. Then we consider ourselves to be mounted up and moving off on your behalf. So I'm trying to remember in my data package, uh, I love that term. That's great. I was trying to think I had to provide bank statements that Mm -hmm. showed income for both of us. Mm -hmm. I had to have my mortgage. Um, There were no kids involved. I also had to have a list of items in the house that I wanted. I um, got, um, uh, can't even think what it's called. When you get the value of your home, I had had an appraisal done. So I knew the value of the home. So I knew... Uh, exactly how much I owed on the house. I gave her that and how much the appraisal was. And then from that, I wanted it split right down the middle. And um, well, actually, that's not true. I had a set amount of the value of the home that I wanted in cash. And he was going to either have to, you know, we were going to sell the house and split it or he was going to have to buy me out, mm-hmm. which is what happened. Um, and then so she had all that documents I don't think, and it may be taxes, probably taxes. (laughs) Yeah, we we give people a list, and I have a little folder that has several things in it, Mm -hmm. and we give people a list of the documents Mm -hmm. that you need to pull together. Uh, Don't necessarily have to return those with the data packet, but we will be needing those Mm -hmm. because they have to be attached or provided with the disclosure statement. Right, right. So talk a little bit about, we've had some people mention because there's times when, let's say, there's a couple that nobody's filed first yet, but we know it's coming, right? Is there a benefit to filing first? No. Okay. Because there's been a, it well, does be the petitioner. No, no. I'm going to be the respondent. It's like, seriously, it, doesn't, it does not matter a bit to judges or lawyers. Mm-hmm. It sometimes matters to people. Right. I mean, I have, I have folks tell people. me, you know, I, I, this is his bright idea. I'd let him file if he wants to file. Right. Or I have people tell me, you know, I I, I can't get there fast enough. <laughs> Sign me up, girlfriend. You know, um, <laughs> so that's me. <laughs> yeah. So it, you know, really, sometimes it matters to people. Yeah. Um, I will say that it sometimes it, it's not for me to ever tell somebody your marriage is over with. It's for, right. for the client to tell me that. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not my job. Yeah. Right. 
That's the way I stay sane doing this for 39 years. I don't take that responsibility. Right, right, right. So, but if someone has been, um, for lack of a better word, abandoned mm-hmm. uh, as a financial matter, and you know they have children in the home and lights are not going to stay on and those sorts of things, I sometimes have to deliver the message that you really need to file because until and unless... I got somebody who wears one of those black robes standing behind me that I, you know, I got some leverage then because right. the other right. side don't really right. care what that old 66-year-old gray-headed woman thinks. Mm-hmm. They care what the judge that's <laughs> wearing the black robe thinks. And so I can write all the blister your hide-off letters I want to, right. but until and unless I can say, well, you don't want to play, well, let's go talk to the judge about it. Yeah, right. Let's file us a motion and go down and talk. So sometimes you've got to have a proceeding in place mm-hmm. to be able to get any sort Response of temporary relief. Right. right. So that in those events, you know, I sometimes have to tell, I don't think you really have a choice because there's nothing I can do for you. Right. I got no tools in my toolbox mm-hmm. until I can get down there in front right. of the, right. the judge. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, and I think, you yeah. know, it's just, it is so stressful. We talked about how you're, you know, you are an extensive uh, psychologist counselor as well sometimes, right? You just are um, <laughs> because it's just so emotional. And I think sometimes, you know, I mean, I remember, I remember going through, you know, having two little kids and trying to do all, like thinking like, just tell me what to do, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I, mean, I don't know what to I was snip. in the same you know, situation. Like, I didn't. What step do I take next? Like, yeah. What, where, you know, and then, you know, then you do get down the road too. And then situations come up where, Stupid arguments. Once you are divorced, you know, stupid mm-hmm. arguments come up between the two of you. And it's like, you don't want to keep coming, calling your attorney every five minutes. But it gets to the point where sometimes, like you said, you know, unless you do file a motion, you know, you're just kind of, you're, you're using your expensive counselor when you just need to say, here's what I need done. Let's just go in front of the judge. You know, let's just do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of prioritize the issues, I think, especially when that was in my situation with little kids. Yeah, I was just thinking about the two of us. And I was thinking, you know, for me, I had thought about divorce. I got divorced in 2015. Mm-hmm. The first time I actually really considered it was 2007, 2008. So it took me a long wow. time to get there. I actually asked him to leave the house in, 20, in 2008, um, move out, I, I, you know. That was my first time I thought about it. So for me, I had plenty of time to think about it, mull it over. Is this really what I want? Um, Whereas for you, this was foisted upon you and you were like, you know, whiplash. Like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So, but I think either, even in, you know, the myriad of situations where people are either have that situation where it's whiplash or in my situation where they have time to think about it, it's still intimidating. The process approaching calling someone, because here's the deal. This is what happened to me. When you pick up the phone and you call a lawyer, it just got real. It's real. It's just real. And then when you walk into their office, you know, I remember her saying, handed me the piece of paper. This is the first piece of paper that we're going to, and he's going to get a copy of it. And I thought, I can't back out now, it's but just, I know yes. some people probably do, mm-hmm. but it, um, you know, so I think coming to the, coming to a lawyer, making the decision, whether it's again, foisted on you or you do it yourself. Um, it's a difficult step for anyone to make, but don't be afraid to make it. I well, know. let me just say this about that. The person who's cavalier 
about mm-hmm. ending their marriage is the client I don't want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I don't really care to deal because I, I've been married 37 years. Obviously, I take it pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is not to say it's ever been easy. Right. right. But I take it seriously. And to have somebody approach as if though they just, it's really just not a tug on them at all. Yeah. There better be a really, really good reason, or that's the person I really don't want to represent. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a, that's a great yeah. point. That is a great point. Because, um, you know, again, as we have said in our conversations, we are not, we are absolutely not a proponent of divorce. No we are a proponent of healthy marriages yeah. and people who want to partner together and want to build a life together. That's the goal. Yeah. But sometimes when it's not possible, that's, you know, again, why we wanted to start this is so that we could say to people, you know, first of all, we're here. We get it. We understand. We've been through it. But also how we can provide information for somebody who's considering it. Because, right. boy, I'll tell you, you know, um, 10 years ago, well, actually it was more than that, 12, 15 years ago, this would have been really helpful for me to hear Absolutely. something like this mm-hmm. and start to think, okay, because I, you know, even though I entertained the idea, I wasn't serious right. yet. Right, right. Um, well, like you said, you know, my family, well, I mean, I'm a cradle Catholic, so my uh, parents were like, issue right there. you exhaust, <laughs> an old mother podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my parents were like, you exhaust every effort to make your marriage work first, mm-hmm. you know, cause I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't want to get divorced and, um, I wasn't necessarily happy when I found out what was happening and that that might be my possible future. Um, and you know, I feel like you know, it is, it's just scary. And to have, like you said, it's, it was just as important for me to be working with someone that also felt that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm working with a client whose values I do agree with too. Right. Like right. you said, I think that that's important for people to know that, um, cause you know, the relationship you'll have with your attorney is going to be just as long as the marriage you had probably at some point. So it is, it's important to have those values and make those, and you, you're, like you mentioned in your interview, basically that you do with your potential clients, having those, um, knowing that position of who that potential client's coming mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. I like how you said that you've had so many great words, like whoever's cavalry in this divorce. Like, I mean, just that mm-hmm. in itself is, is that's, that's a great perspective to hear from an attorney. Um, because, you know, I know that again, like I said, there's people out there that, probably are trying to exhaust every effort to keep it together and just don't know where to turn. So, and, you know, and like I said, we, you know, like you mentioned, um, just try to exhaust all those efforts to try to make it work. So I guess, um, as we, you know, think about wrapping up here, I, I, I really would love to ask you what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking this might be the path that I want to take? You know, they're, maybe they're or that I have right. to take, or that I have to take. Yeah. What advice would you give that person? Well, I, I would tell them first of all, do some some research relative to counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to people that you trust who've been through the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know your your circuit court clerk in your community, they're a great resource. If mm-hmm. you know people who are in the maybe in the judiciary, although not in family court necessarily, mm-hmm. but you know, the, 
those kinds of folks, if you know lawyers who don't do family law, but you think, you know, well, they may try to get some information about potential matches for you as a counsel. Mm -hmm. And then, and I, I, I will hasten to add, I get highly irritated at people and they and this is not an infrequent thing mm-hmm. where folks will say okay give me the the five top family law practitioners in Lexington and somebody will give them five names and they make an appointment to go see every bloody one of them oh wow the worst thing on earth you can do to yourself in my opinion mm-hmm. is to exclude the good lawyers mm-hmm. from being mm-hmm. on the other side because two good lawyers will settle down and get your case resolved mm-hmm. Um, a bonehead that doesn't know what they're doing is just about as bad as a person who's not represented. Yeah. So don't purposefully try. That's not a good strategy. Yeah. To try to exclude the the the, the well-respected mm-hmm. practitioners, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I would call on folk not to do that. Mm-hmm. But make a couple of appointments. Don't just settle in on one. Make a couple of appointments mm-hmm. and go get some basic information about process what the law says, mm-hmm. um, and it, it get that in hand mm-hmm. so that you can be thinking about how those concepts might apply to your situation. Mm-hmm. Because one of the other worst things you can possibly do, and I know y'all are not about this, but if I have about one more person set in my office and say, well, so-and-so in their divorce got, I said, oh, Really? <sighs> Really? <laughs> really? Oh, don't you like and that? is their name your name? Yeah. yeah. And is this the number on their back again? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's different. Right. Every situation Every is different. Every situation yeah. is different. No matter how nuanced, it's different. Yes. Okay? So, but get some basic information. I'm so glad you and, 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 and unless you're a complete idiot, you should walk out of... An initial interview with some thoughts about the information you need mm-hmm. to be collecting. Preparation. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I know that we have a an account at Hilliard Lions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's in it. Yeah. Don't know what the name right. is on it, but right. I've seen those envelopes coming in. Ah. <laughs> so if you if you can't get your hands on the contents of one of those envelopes, uh-huh. you know, maybe you take a picture of the outside of the envelope with that return information on there and hang on to that so that when you sit down to do your disclosure statement and your data packet, mm-hmm. you can reveal to your counsel, I think we may have an account in Hilliard Lions. I don't know what's in it. Yeah. But here's a picture of the envelope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those kinds of information gathering mm-hmm. pieces, knowing where things are, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, about everything now is is going to be on your computer as opposed to being yeah. in your file cabinet. Um, or that comes in through the mail. You know, it may be that they yeah. get a statement that comes in, you know, the the husband may get a statement that comes in through his email that she may not ever see. Exactly. And he yeah. won't give her the and, password and to his And candidly, email. that has made, that's made our job a whole lot more difficult. Yeah. I was going to say that. Uh-huh. Because, you know, folks will, you know, heretofore have come in, you know, with reams of paper in their yeah, hands, you know, right. stuff falling out of their pockets and everything else. And that's <laughs> yeah. cool. We make copies of everything and send them <laughs> yeah. on down the road. But now, you know, including my files are, are, are digitalized. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it's just not as easy to get at. Yeah. As it used to be. But we've got some safeguards. I mean, we have a requirement in our rules 
that releases be signed for, mm-hmm. and you don't have to identify what mm-hmm. financial institution. But if you've got, that's why I said, if you if you got an ocean, yeah, that something is somewhere. Get, don't let that get away from you. Get it down someplace. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of, you know, people will say, well, I, I don't, you know, I don't talk to the accountant. I just sign off on the return. Mm-hmm. Well, if you sign off on the return, you've got just as much right that's to, a, to right. a copy of that return yep. as the other person that's does. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, those kinds of things that you need to be getting your hands on yeah. or being sure that you know how to get your hands on. Yeah. Or that you can provide as much information about as is humanly mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. And then on the, the, the child side of life, and, and this is not something that I tell people to do, but I think people need to think about, particularly since now 2018, we've mm-hmm. had a dramatic change in the law mm-hmm. that all, I, I won't say that I think this is dramatic, that all custodies presumed to be joint. Mm-hmm. That's not a dramatic change, quite frankly, from where most of our courts were starting anyhow. Mm-hmm. The thing that has been a truly sea change, in my mm-hmm. humble opinion, is that all time sharing is presumed to be equal. Mm-hmm. Well, in all honesty, maybe not everybody ought to have equal time sharing. 100%. Um, for, for a great variety, to say true. <laughs> great variety of reasons. Maybe uh-huh. they can't handle it. Uh-huh. True. Or their, their work simply doesn't provide them with an opportunity to do so. Or a variety of reasons. Right. right. But now folks are aware that that's what the statute says. If they're not aware of it when they hit the door, people like me have a duty and a responsibility to tell them. Right. That's what the law says. And they'll dig their heels in and, and be retri- irretractable about that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like for people keeping calendars or keeping journals, but sometimes it's a necessary evil mm-hmm. to to know that they can document. Well, he says I'm keeping him from the children. Here's a series of text messages where I have offered time with the children and he has either not responded or doesn't come or says they're coming and don't show up. Right. Those kinds of things that if you're going to have any shot at building a case to rebut that presumption, mm-hmm. that's the kind of information you got to have. Yeah. And to begin building that dossier before the, the papers are ever filed, to my mind, is much more persuasive from an evidentiary standpoint mm-hmm. than waiting till the petition's filed. And then, you know, some of our judges have referred to it as playing gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, are you setting the other individual up for failure? Are you, you know, is this mm-hmm. is this a real reflection of the parenting style while the marriage was intact? Those kinds of things. I think it's much more... Mm-hmm. It's much more influential, or it would be if I were wearing that black robe, mm-hmm. to know that this is not a change. This is nothing new. Right. This, this is a pattern yeah. of, mm-hmm. of where we were when the marriage was intact yeah. and access to the children was 24-7 and yeah. still didn't care to right. be there. Right. 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 So right. those kinds of things are things that I think people can can think about, um, can consider, you know, whether they apply to them, certainly collecting Financial documentation is something that applies mm-hmm. in every case yeah. without fail. Um, not all people have children and not all people fight about their children. But yeah. bottom line, if you do and you think that that's something that, that's spoiling up to a car, you know, start to collect what you can. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, maybe you can't collect anything. And maybe that's the case where 50-50 is absolutely appropriate. Sure. Right. And that's the route we need to travel. That's but That's Fantastic. So really, I'm going to boil it down. What I hear you saying is, first, be your own advocate. 
before you hire your advocate? Well, as much as you can. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. The way I put it to people is position yourself for success. Yeah. Oh, that's good, too. I like that. Position you know, yourself I, for success. I, I don't know that I can, can get you what you consider to be success, yeah, but right. position yourself where at least I got a fighting chance sure. for you. Mm-hmm. With all the information that yeah. you can possibly gather um, on your own term. I mean, by yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And just and like you said, and just be smart about it. Like, really, it's, it is a job in itself, like you said, to keep that track of all those things because I've had to do that myself and I know you didn't really have to do that the, the no, journal I had and the calendar I had 90% of the custody yeah. while I was married <laughs> right yeah right. parental responsibilities but, it's, but that's very very good advice so yeah um, you know and and it is it's it's not easy to take that first step but Anita is very wonderful and well isn't hasn't you know jumped across the table and bit us or anything like that so she's very approachable um because i think it is a hard that first phone call that first step it is is hard so yeah, for all those listening um because you know you're serious right and that's well, let's I think see, that's like you said it seals part. the deal yeah it does it does it makes it real i i i just want to say thank you my yes, goodness thank this you so much for your fantastic time. Hey, you're welcome. We are, oh, so we are honored to have you on here because you are so well respected. It's been this, helpful for me, and I'm already and divorced. But I really, and same, again, yeah. our goal is for those people who are either considering it or are currently divorced, and you know, trying to be able to help them navigate this as well. So this has been well, like hugely they, thankful. I mean, uh, they've compared divorce to de- a death, right? Yeah, and, it is. Yeah. I mean, and there's women out there that are just broken from you know, whatever. I mean, men too, men too. And it's, it's just, it's just, it's a really hard thing. And so we do really appreciate your time and your advice and all that you've done for people that you've been doing this for, for so long. Well, uh, (laughs) you have, it is life changing. It is a, it is a practice that I value. Um, and it is one that you know, I, I never had a corporation throw their arms around my neck and That's kiss right. me and thank me for saving their life. You That's know? right. Um, I've had a few criminal defense clients and a whole lot of divorce <laughs> clients do that very thing. So it, it, it's yeah. a very rewarding practice. Uh, one of the hardest things, candidly, about the pandemic has been having to take it home. I mean, I've made uh-huh. a pretty studied approach of keeping it out of my house when I leave out of here I go home and I don't do that anymore and then you know to have my poor husband who's also a a licensed attorney although he's not practicing anymore he's retired but to have him have to occasionally catch the blistering that Mm -hmm. I was delivering to some poor client who wasn't doing what I told him to do Mm -hmm. uh, I really you know don't want that at my house yeah Yeah. that's hard but that's really hard hopefully we're we're done with that now yeah 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 Yeah. well Well, yeah because you have a great office like i said this is so nice very comfortable yeah it's like Um, a like a like a like a library like your home home library or something i just feel like you've you've helped no less than thousands of people in lexington and i'm sure there are many many people who are grateful and so we are grateful that you have continued through this platform to help thousands more well i hope so and maybe we'll have a follow-up podcast too soon yeah we can do follow-up ones yeah another topics if y'all want to meet anita we're going to invite her to our launch party yes we're gonna have a launch party soon so stay tuned yeah and come back and listen to our next guest and hopefully you get to meet anita thank you cool. so much for your time today we and really maybe hire her as your you're absolutely welcome <laughs> you're absolutely welcome i enjoy it thank you